In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you this morning.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> we are blessed this morning. No doubt, God's hand, His favor, His protection, the strong hand of the Lord is upon His people in this hour. My goodness. I finishing up a series of this being the fifth message on facing our giants. And we're going to deal this morning with something called the giant of the journey. The giant of the journey. Facing the giants in your life many times can cause a significant amount of stress that only the Holy Spirit can come in and begin to work, begin to touch, and begin to bring healing into the heart and the life of the believer. But no no doubt whatsoever, there are giants that we will face. And we've talked about the giant of discouragement. We've talked about the last week uh, being able to discern those distractions and different things in life that will come our way. This morning, we're going to look at the last giant, the giant of the journey. Before we go into the scripture, though, I want to share with you, and probably a lot of you will remember this, back in 1988, in the Seoul, in the Summer Olympics in Seoul, South Korea, there was a gentleman named Ben Johnson who came from Canada, and he won the 100-meter dash. He set an all-time Olympic record, he set a new world record, of course, we had a, a contender whose name was Carl Lewis. Everybody pretty much pegged Carl Lewis to take the gold. He came in second to Ben Johnson. After the race, these judges came together and they learned that Johnson had taken an illegal substance and that was what was causing him to perform at such a rate. So he ran this race illegally and the judges took away his medal. And though he ran faster and he made it really an unforgettable type of impression on people that were watching inside the stadium, people that were watching around the world, they've, they've, that's been kind of imprinted, he did not deserve the award that came for running such an impressive race. There was another story, though, hours behind the runner in front of him. The last person in the marathon finally entered the Olympic Stadium. And by that time, the drama of the day's events was almost over, and most of the spectators had gone home. This athlete's story, however, was still being played out. He was a Tanzanian runner one of their athletes, and he comes into the stadium and he's bleeding in his knee. He's bandaged from an earlier fall. He looks ragged. 
His appearance immediately catches the attention of the remaining crowd who cheered him on to the finish line. Now here's the question. Why did he stay in the race? What made him endure the injuries to the end? When these questions were asked later, he replied, my country did not send me 7,000 miles away to start this race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish it. And as I read the story, I wondered how many of us would have made it to the end knowing that you're in dead last as you're running. The fans are turning and they're leaving. I wonder what may have possibly been going through this runner's mind. So far, we've looked at a giant of fear and intimidation. We've looked at a giant of discouragement, a giant of deception. And we're going to look at a giant called journey this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 27, verse 1 through verse 6. And David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. And so David took his 600 men, and they went, and they joined Achish. Now look at this, this morning, if I can get this to reconnect. There we go. Go to that next slide, if you would, for me. David brings his two wives with him from Jezreel and Abigail, Nabal's widow from Carmel. And word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for David. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would speak to us in this house today and that you would encourage somebody that they are not running in vain. That the race that is set before us, that Christ has already begun to run the race, he has already, he has already finished this race. And there were obstacles that he came into in running the race and showing us how to finish. And I pray that somehow today, somebody in this room, God, would understand, God, that the race that they're in, the, the journey that they're in right now, God, Lord, encourage them not to throw up their hands in the midst and quit, but to keep running. Because in due season, we're going to reap something if we faint not. I give you praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. When you face this giant, rather than a quick battle, you're in and out and it's over. This is going to war and it's hard. And it's anticipated that it's going to be a long period of time. One thing after another, a day in and a day out. Let me explain something to you about David's life. After David's great victory against Goliath, King Saul stood up 
And he began to take notice of this young, valiant warrior. Saul was so pleased with David that he actually took David into his courts. And David and Saul's son, Jonathan, became the closest of friends. They were actually covenant partners. They had made, they had made a, a, a covenant with one another. They would look after whoever, if one died before the other, the other one would take care of that one's family. That was, that was the, uh, the success of the covenant. What, what one possessed, the other could have. There was no doubt a tremendous love that was shared between them as brothers. And the season seemed to change about David. It happened when the king began to overhear a song proclaiming, that David had killed more enemies than King Saul. And the heart of the king changed toward David that day. Rather than blessing him, this king became paranoid over David and was going to take over his kingdom or somehow in Saul's mind, he, he, he came to some type of a realization that David was trying to get to the throne. And so the king tried to kill him on several occasions, but he failed. The king became so fearful of David, so he sends him away as a commander Everything you've got to understand that David put his hands to, he became very successful. So the king gave David his daughter in order to trick him. He, he had the Philistines he thought would try to kill him or have the Philistines to kill David. But there again, another failed attempt. And so Saul goes on a rampage. He goes on this, this thing of desiring to, and wanting to kill David on a daily basis. He literally begins to lose his mind about David. Everything David does, everything David's about, everything that every time there's a, 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 a praise or a victory that is won and David's name is mentioned, this king becomes irate. We read in the scripture, how that God allowed uh, an evil spirit. One translation said an evil spirit from the Lord. Literally what, what is happening is that once Saul falls into a place where he is no longer following God the way that he needs to, we would, we would talk about it or we would list it today somewhere, somewhat like this, that he begins to make a progression backwards or he falls into a black, backslidden condition. And when, when Saul finds himself in that kind of condition, things even begin to grow worse in the life of Saul. And so now David, who is a son-in-law, to Saul, who has married his daughter, David is on the run for his life for quite a period of time. He has a band of outcasts that are with them, and he's running so long that he probably feels that this is his last stand. Here's something I want to point out to you this morning. David was wore out. 
And Saul had been getting the best of David, leaving him to sleep in caves and lurking behind trees. And these outcasts, these men that were with him and the people that were with him and the families that came alongside him were, were a really a ragtag group of soldiers. And so David, David has come to a responsibility that he's not only having to take care of David and take care of his family, but David David's having to feed a thousand plus mouths every single day and the demands are great and his father-in-law is trying to kill him and in the back of David's mind is this thought wait a minute my uh some time ago the prophet came to my house and singled me out I wasn't even there I didn't ask for this I didn't ask to be anointed king of Israel. I didn't ask to be brought out of the sheepfold. I wasn't even at the party. They came and they got me and they brought me in there and I was covered in sheep dung and I smelled and my clothes were dirty and they marched me in there in front of the prophet and the prophet anointed me in the midst of my brethren and I never asked for that. And that's the way some of us feel. God... I've been faithful to you and I have done everything you've told me to do and now I'm on the run for my life and I feel like that everything in my life is going crazy and upside down and I don't like it. Well, you don't have to say amen because I know I'm hitting home right now. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm feeling right now. Have you ever been so wore out? Here's a question. Have you ever been so wore out that you go over to the enemy's camp to get some relief? Now, don't answer it out loud. But have you ever been so worn out that you just decided, you know what? If I can't beat them, bless God, I'm going to join them. So I'm just going to step over into the enemy's camp. Well, no hope. And most of all, the attention of David is so focused on King Saul and he, David, walked so long in this fear of Saul that he says, if I can get relief at any cost, here's what I'm going to do. He knows better. He knows that there are brighter days <laughs> that, that he has faced before, but he is in one of the worst situations of his life. The first time he faced the Philistines in the wilderness, David inquired of the Lord in 1 Samuel 23 and verse 2. When he felt the, 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 the small uh, the, against the, the, the enemy of his soul, David inquired in 1 Samuel 23 and 4. When he's going up against the Amalekites, he asked the Lord, uh, inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And, and the Lord answered him back and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail you'll recover everything. And puzzled about what to do even after the death of Saul, David inquired of the Lord. And it happened after this that David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? You know the story. He does this on four separate occasions. He goes and he inquires of the Lord, what do I do? Do I go up? Lord, will you bring the enemy into our hands? And, and the Lord keeps telling him, absolutely, go up and, and, and pursue. And you're going to recover and I'm going to give you victory. But on this occasion, he didn't inquire 
of the Lord. David was afraid. And he talked to God most of the time. But he was in a spot. And this time, he didn't talk to God. David said in his heart, 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse 1. And I don't have it on the screen, but this is what it says. David said in his heart, Now shall I perish someday by the hand of Saul? There is none better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul will despair of me to seek me anymore in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. What is he doing? Well, he is talking to himself. He, he's not even seeking the counsel of an advisor. He's simply looking into himself and he's saying, you know what? Here's what I need to do. The journey's been come so long and this giant has been so persistent that he makes the worst mistake that he has ever made in his life. He's worn out. And he simply just wants to get out. He just doesn't want to deal with it. And so David leaves and he goes into enemy territory. And Saul calls off the hunt. And David leads this ragtag team into the land of idols and false god. He basically sets up and pitches his tent in Goliath's backyard. It's amazing, isn't it? Here is the land where the giant dwelt that came against the people of God, against Israel. And when David came out on the battlefield and saw him standing there and all of Israel over in, 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 a, in a ditch somewhere hiding and shaking, David said, why isn't anybody going after this Philistine? Now, that was the young man that came out of the sheepfold. Many years have passed, and he's fought battle after battle after battle. But the one person, Saul, who brings David in, embraces him, makes him a member of the family, and now he puts out contracts on him, and he wants to kill him. And when he can't get the contracts to work, and Saul starts pursuing David, David says, the only way that I'm going to get any relief from this is I'm going to do something I haven't done up to this point. I'm going to depend on my own strength. I'm not going to talk to God about this. And I'm going to go to where the enemy is. And I'm going to pitch my tent there. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. That's exactly. I'm talking to somebody in this room this morning. Because somebody, the enemy's been telling you, listen, stop resisting. Stop resisting the temptation. Stop resisting alcohol and you'll laugh for a while. Stop resisting. Go ahead. Move out. You can relax for a time. Indulge in, your, in whatever it is in your favorite pastime and you'll be entertained for a season. 
That's what the enemy tells us so many times. We often will retreat when we need to retreat to the heart of God. We run towards the enemy when we ought to be running towards the hand of God. When we ought to be running towards the presence of the enemy. I don't know who I'm talking to in this room this morning. But I need to tell you that God is sovereign. He is holy. He is righteous. There is none like him. And even though you may feel like that dear God I am on the run for my life I have never faced anything like this I've never come up against a giant like this before in my life let me tell you as soon as you get through this there'll be another giant that shows up and when you get through that one there'll be another giant that shows up and when you get through that battle there'll be another giant what are you saying pastor I'm saying that if you live for God you are going to be faced with a battle you're going to have conflict with giants but stay true to the cross of Jesus Christ and to the power of God and God will sustain you listen there is nothing that you can do outside of the power of prayer in this my God I feel the Holy Ghost why are you running why are you hiding he strikes out a deal with the enemy he sails out And the enemy gave David and his men a city to dwell in. And David would then become his servant. Notice, David's got a self-assigned title. The servant of the enemy, king. He said, your servant. And this is the words of David to the king. Your servant, if I have found favor in your eyes. Why would David want to find favor in the enemy's eyes? Simple. He wanted relief. And the king gives him Ziglag, the city to dwell in, with the idea that now David is on his side. And David, what does he do? He goes out and he makes raids. (laughs) And when he comes back, the king asks him, David, where have you been? What have you been raiding? Who have you been fighting against? And what did David do? Not only has he sold out to the enemy, but David, David starts lying. David would tell him, oh, hey, it's good. I've been going up against my own people. When in fact, he's going up against the very king who now has made him a servant and given him a place to stay. And David now has become a liar, not only a defector, he has become a liar. This is not David's finest hour. He has gone over to the enemy's side. He's lying to the Philistine king. It's interesting that Max Lucado in his writing said that there were no psalms written during this period that David's harps hung silent. Well... Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. When was the last time you sang? When was the last time you had a song? Boy, Jeff, it's quiet in here this morning. When was the last time you had a, I mean, real joy? Oh, my God. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. When was the last time you could bless the Lord? I mean, really, really bless the Lord. My God, I thought when Amber hit that, I ain't even going to try to do it because I know I'll mess it up completely. Ah! 
was like, I was about to come unglued over there in that chair. I am blessed of the Lord. And I don't need to make an alliance with an adversary. I don't need to become a friend of the enemy in order to prosper and keep moving. Oh my God, I feel like telling somebody, you've hit a wall in this season. But this season will come and this season will pass. And a brand new door of opportunity will open for you. Oh my God. It will open for you. And it will open for your family. And you will walk in the favor of God. And you will have the favor of God on your life. And the son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings. And he will bring the the healing that is, oh my God, the healing that is needed in your life. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be intimidated. You don't have to find yourself in a place where there is no worship. When, when, when David hung his harp up and it became silent, you've got to understand something. David, David, the psalmist, David, the praiser, had forgot how to praise God. He forgot how to praise the Lord. He forgot how to open his mouth and praise God in the middle of what he was going through. He forgot that God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. He forgot about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He forgot about it. Oh, God, I'm telling you, you cannot forget about who you are in Jesus. You cannot forget about where you are right now in Jesus. You cannot forget about the fact that he prepares, the Lord God prepares a table before you in the very presence of your enemy. Hallelujah. And that doesn't mean you're making an alliance with the devil. It just simply means that God says, I'm going to set this table down in front of your enemy and I'm going to tell your enemy become a footstool and when you sit down your feet are going to be on top of your enemy hallelujah I'm sorry I'm not supposed to get that excited am I don't let the devil bully you around to the point that you let him back you up in a corner somewhere and you end up sailing out He failed to pray. He failed to get good advice. And in the end, he did whatever he thought was right. Sound like a group of people over there. (laughs) In the very last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy moving over, or in the book of Judges moving over to the book of Ruth, where it said, in those days there was no king. And every man did what was right in his own sight. I'm going to tell you something. There's a king of righteousness, and he hadn't changed. He's still God. (laughs) 
and he's still moving. And you don't have to sell out to the force of the enemy. Do you find yourself in a place of despair? I know I'm talking to somebody in this room. Is the journey becoming too long? Is it too hard? Have you done some things you're not proud of? You need to do what David did. David, first Samuel, take your Bible. I know you got one there with you. You've either got it in the form of a smartphone or you've got a Bible. Turn, turn, turn over. Go to first Samuel real quick. I want to read something. First Samuel chapter 30. And look at a verse of Scripture in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 30. It says, Now, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man, for his sons and his daughters. But David, what did he do? What did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. There it is, right there. He was greatly distressed. The people spake of stoning him because everybody, everybody, listen, they, they, may, they may have left and went with him. They may have thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm going to hang with David because I've seen the anointing on David's life. But I'm going to tell you what, when they got out in the middle of trouble and David, and David stopped praying and he stopped praising God, people got mad at him. Every man for his sons and daughters. See, because here's what happened. In chapter 30, Ziglag was set on fire and the enemy came in and stole. What did he steal? Well, he stole their harvest from them. He took their wives, he took their sons and their daughters and everybody was upset. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. In the ashes, in the ashes, David found enough strength in the Lord. He not only found the strength in the Lord, but he sought the Lord in what he should do. Some of us are on a journey right now. And you have felt like you wrestled with even coming to church this morning. You wrestled with the thought, ain't nobody going to miss me this morning. I mean, really. Nobody's going to pay attention if I showed up at church. That's what the devil was telling people. That, that was the, the spirit and the power of the air that you were hearing this morning lurking while you're trying to rest. He's bothering you in the night season, telling you there, there's, there's no reason. There's no reason. Why, why don't you just give up and quit? Why don't you just stop? I mean, really? Do you really believe what that preacher tells you? I mean, he just stands up there and yells at y'all all the time. Do you really? Do you really believe everything that man says? Forget what. Do you believe what the word says? <laughs> he don't care if you believe me. He just cares if you believe this. But I try not to come to you with an opinion. I try to come with you with what thus says the Spirit of the Lord. And the adversary, oh, I know, because I've had him talk to me like this in times past. 
Oh, come on, really? I remember reading a story one time. There was a, a man and his wife, and it was their ritual to go to church. When the doors were open, they were there. And this particular Sunday morning, she noticed that it was late, and he still hadn't got out of the bed. And she went in there, and she said, listen, I've made you some breakfast. You need to get up. We got to go to church. He said, I'm not going this morning. I'm not going this morning. Nobody down there likes me. I'm not going. I'm not going. And they won't even miss me if I don't show up. So I'm going to roll back over. And I'm going to go to sleep. You go on to church. And you tell me how it went when you get back. She said, but honey, you're the pastor. You have to go. (laughs) He had stopped praising God. The only time you get in trouble is when you stop praising God. I'm telling you, I don't care how much hell's coming against you. When you stop praising God, that's when you fall into trouble. That's if the enemy, if he can get you to shut your mouth and not praise God, if he can get you somehow to close up those, 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 those uh, uh, inside of you, your, your spirit, man, if he can get you so worked up and so to the point in distress and distraction that you are not praising God through the potential that God created you to be, then he's won the battle. I would that somebody this morning would tell your adversary tell the devil that you don't believe you don't believe what he's been telling you the last week my god some of y'all have kept me up this week i just want you to know that i've prayed well what do you mean i've prayed i've woke up and i've prayed and i've asked god lord the enemy he is he is seeking whom he may devour according to what Peter tells us. But Lord, don't let somebody, don't let them, oh God, believe in their mind. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I've prayed. Don't let them believe it. Don't let them believe it, that this this storm is going to be greater. This season's going to be harder than any other season that they've ever walked in in their life because nobody's ever had to walk through the kind of season, Lord, that you walk through. We've We've never had to go to a cross and die. Help us to somehow realize. See, the Lord's been praying this week. The Lord's been praying. He's been praying through me and he's been praying through some other people. Man, I feel Jesus in this house right now. I want you to stand with me. I feel the Lord moving in this atmosphere. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I made the mistake last week. I jumped off this platform. I ain't 25 no more. I'll tell you what. I might do it in a pair of tennis shoes. I ain't doing it in these. (laughs) Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to bring it 
and we're going to drop it. This is your altar. You're going to bring it and you're going to drop it at this altar. And by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, the word of your testimony that's going to come after this, you're going to leave it here. I'm going to leave this giant at this altar this week. And I am not walking out of this building with this giant. I'm going to walk out of here in the power of God's Spirit. And I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to praise God. (laughs) I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to bless Him this week. I'm not going to forget about who I am in Christ Jesus. Father, I have obeyed you. (laughs) Glory to God. I have obeyed you this morning. Now the next step is on men and women in this house. The next step is on husbands and wives in this house. It might be a physical problem. It may be some type of sickness. It may be bad news. It may be this giant of the journey that I just feel like. Yeah, Pastor, you're right. You're right. I faced, I absolutely faced the devil head on today. He almost had me talked out of being here. And I almost didn't show up. Oh, God, somebody pray with me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. Hallelujah. Can you play something for me through it all? I've had many tears and sorrows. I have questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my troubles come only to make me strong. We sing through it all, through it all. I've learned trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God through it all through it all I've learned to depend upon His Word we sing through it all Trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His word, and I thank God 
for the mountains <laughs> and I thank him for the valleys and I thank him for the storms that he's brought me through for if I ever had a problem I would know that God could solve it I would know what my faith in his word would do somebody sing with me this morning all oh, through it all To trust in Jesus and I learn to trust in God all through it all through it all I learn to depend upon his word sing it to him always sing Trust. Well, I've learned, I've learned to trust in God through it all, oh, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His We're going to sing that chorus again. And there are people all in this room right now. You need to start making your way to this front. You need to bring that giant down this morning. You need to lay that problem at the feet of the Lord in the altar today. All over this building. Don't resist. Don't hold back. Make your way to this front. All through it all. Come on. We sing through it all. I've learned to trust Jesus. Come on. Come on, there are others that need to move this morning. We sing through it all. Through it all. Well, I've learned Come on, keep coming. That's why we sing through
praise your name, Jesus. Come on. Would you come? Could everybody just start moving towards the front? I just feel like we need to pray together this morning. Move this way. Through it all. I've learned. Yes, Jesus. Father, move this morning. Give the... Thank Him for every storm, 
that he's brought us through. Hallelujah. For if I ever had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in his word would do. Trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I worship you this morning, Lord. Can we lift holy hands in this room? Can we praise the Lord right now for giants being faced, giants being slain this morning, killing our giants today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. I've learned to depend upon the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Always oh, sing through it all, through it all. Oh, I've learned, and I've learned to trust in God. I've learned to depend upon His Word. I've learned to depend upon His Word. I worship you in this house, Lord. Oh, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. I worship you, I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. worship you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands to Him, would you? All throughout this sanctuary right now, can we lift holy hands to the Lord? Can we just give Him thanks? Hallelujah. You're our source. You're our strength this morning. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise this morning. Hallelujah. We sing through it all, through it all. 
to trust in Jesus and I've learned to trust in God His word, sing it to him. Somebody needs it. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Lord, we honor You. We honor You in this house today. How refreshing it is. To sit your presence. Lord, I would that everybody under the sound of my voice would be refreshed in you. And through the rest of this day and this week, may we feel the gentle breeze of the Holy Ghost. May the Spirit of the Lord, may He cover us. May He breathe upon us. Surround us, oh God, I pray. We've sensed the refreshing of Your presence this morning. Hallelujah. Our trust is in You. Lord, we're not going to seek our own ways this week. We're going to inquire of the Lord. We're going to hear what the Father has to say in every single matter. I pray you would watch over your people to perform your word in their life. We'll give you honor. We'll give you glory and praise for what you do.
this place surround me Sing it to him. Surround me. a healing happening in this atmosphere right now. There's a healing happening right now in this atmosphere. My God. Sense it. This region upper body I sense it right now there's a healing happening in this room right now oh surround us Lord oh surround me come on somebody receive from the Lord right now oh surround surround me surround us Lord Surround me, oh Lord. Father, I sense you right now, healing. Let your presence this place. We need you to surround us, Lord. Surround me, oh Lord. Surround. Just surround me, oh Lord. Let your presence feel this place every day, Lord. Let your presence 
every single day of my life, let your presence Hallelujah. Oh, we worship. Hallelujah. Great is your name, mighty God. Great is your name, mighty God. We put it all in your hands. Lord, it would be, it would be disastrous for us to walk out of here and take something out of your hands that we have placed. Help us not to pick up what we left at this altar this morning. Help us to leave it here. Leave it in your presence. You've handled it. You've handled it today. You've handled the problem. You've handled the giant. You've shown us how we can face it. We faced it in this altar today. Now you've given us strength for the journey. You've given us the strength for the journey this morning. Hallelujah. We go in the peace of God. We go in that peace that surpasses all understanding. We may not be able to figure out everything you're doing, but our hope and our trust is in you. It does not reside within the the guidelines of what man says. It's not according to a man's agenda. It's according to the agenda of heaven. Our faith, our hope, our trust is in you today, mighty God. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would just say it. I wish somebody just lift your voice right now and just tell him, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. We need to, we need to release something, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. You are mighty. You are holy. Great God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We fill this place up with praise right now, God. We fill this atmosphere with praise. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. 
holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Holy is your name, Jesus. Holy is your name. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, we give you praise. Oh, we worship you. Holy is your name. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is your name. I, I bless your name. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you worship. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we worship you. We worship, we worship, we worship you. Lord, we worship, we worship, we worship you. Lord, we worship, we worship, we worship you. We worship, we worship, we worship, we worship you. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship, we worship, we worship you. Oh, we worship, we worship. Fill this house with your presence, Lord. Mm -hmm. I will say of the Lord, you are my strength, my refuge, my high tower, Lord. My Deliverer, Prince of Peace, Bright and Morning Star, You are God, beside You there is no other. 
give you praise spend hours asking you to come sometimes we get so impatient waiting for you to come and we miss a moment thank you that on this 15th day of October of 2017 that we waited and you came and we're never going to be the same after today this church body will never be the same after today I declare it and decree those who have an ear to hear what the spirit would say to the church From this day forward, we will never be the same. For the Lord has shown himself faithful. The Lord has shown himself to be mighty. The Lord has shown himself to be God and God alone. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He has placed his seal upon you this day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as we depart out of this room, may we not get sidetracked by the adversary that awaits us outside these walls because you're still God and you'll be God there just like you were in here you go with us and you watch over us to perform your word in Jesus name amen and amen 
Let me encourage you for Monday night prayer tomorrow evening. Wednesday at 7 for Bible study. Clear your schedule and come. God bless you.